0: And please pray with me. Come to us, Holy Spirit. Come and speak to us through the words of Scripture that the fruit of joy might grow in our lives. Amen. Groucho Marx, the legendary comedian and actor, was in a hotel lobby one day when a pastor in a clerical collar came up to him and said, thank you, Groucho, for bringing so much joy and laughter into people's lives. Thank you, Groucho replied, for taking so much joy and laughter out of them. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good one-line comeback, but it cuts a little bit close to home. Uh, Churches and sometimes their leaders are not often known for their laughter or their joy. We deal with serious things here like funerals, salvation, theology. But I think it's fair to say that we sometimes take ourselves too seriously. Sometimes we forget to tell our faces that Jesus is risen from the dead. In Christ we are set free from sin and death. In the Spirit we are filled to the brim with life. If anyone has reason for joy, it is us. As one hymn writer put it, since Christ is Lord of heaven and earth, how can I keep from singing? And we could just as easily say, since Christ is Lord of heaven and earth, how can I keep from laughing, from smiling? This summer, we are focusing on joy for seven weeks. A couple of weeks ago, we began a sermon with Paul's exhortation to rejoice always. Last week, we celebrated the joyful story of the visitation of Of Mary to Elizabeth, reflecting on the surprising reality of joy that we find in God's sight. Today's theme theme is Rejoice Together, which comes from Romans chapter 12 verse 15, our second reading for today. Rejoice with those who rejoice, Paul says, weep with those who weep. The church, by which I mean you, the people, is called to be a joyful community because we worship a joyful God. That would be an underlying thesis I have for these these sermons, is that God is the source of our joy. In In other words, we can be joyful people because we worship a joyful God. If this were not the case, then Paul's list of imperatives might sound a little bit more like a newspaper advice column rather than the proclamation of the good news of Jesus Christ. But Paul begins his letter, remember we're in chapter 12, and he's been writing for 11 chapters before that. Paul begins his letter by proclaiming God's love for us. Paul says that God proved God's love for us in that while we were still sinners, living as enemies of God, Christ died for us. And later on, that nothing can separate us from this love of God in Christ Jesus. It's in that context that God's that of God's great love that Paul writes to us, let love be genuine. Romans chapter twelve is kind of like Paul's basic operating instruction, uh, operating instructions for the Christian life and for Christian community. Today's would be reading would be a good one to clip out and put out on, put up on your refrigerator. Maybe you've had an experience of bringing home a new gadget or a new toy and having to pull it out of the box and read the instructions on how to put it together. And I know there are some of us who are stubborn who don't like to use the the directions, but uh, now let's all pretend we follow the manufacturer's directions. Well, if you were pulling out the Christian church out of the box for the first time, Romans chapter 12, 9 through 21 would be a good set of instructions for setting it up. Paul begins with love. Let love be genuine and love one another with mutual affection. Love is kind of like remembering to plug in the church into its power supply or remembering to turn it on. Uh, When I was in high school, I was part of the high school IT team that would sometimes get called in by teachers to help them figure out their computer. And uh, we always had a code word for when the teacher forgot to plug it in before calling us. Uh, We called it a level one error. Uh, (laughs) Likewise, forgetting to love would be a level one error for the church. Without without it, we aren't going to get very far. Everything else in Paul's list seems to grow out of this love. And because of this love, we are able to serve and honor, persevere and show hospitality. We are to bless and give to the needy, Paul says. And among these basic operating instructions for the Christian life is rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Christians are called to rejoice together. One of my ongoing desires for Trinity is that we would be a people who shares our joys and our sorrows together. We do this already in so many ways. We rejoice together when we celebrate anniversaries and baptisms, remissions and new job opportunities and birthdays. We weep together when we bear the burdens of grief, disease, loneliness, and stress. But this is the vision in front of us, calling us forward always into deeper relationship with God and with one another. We are called to be a community that rejoices and weeps together. I believe that a church that takes time to laugh together will be ready to cry together when the time comes. Part of the good news for us today is that God has given us to each other. As the psalmist says, how very good and pleasant it is when kindred live together in unity. We don't have to do this thing called life by ourselves. And the church at its best is like a large extended family that supports one another through highs and lows, thick and thin. Whenever we baptize someone or welcome someone as a new member or someone affirms their baptism, we make a promise to them. At the font, we say, People of God, do you promise to support this person and to pray for them in their life in Christ? And we all promise we do. Remember that promise if you are ever in a lonely place. The people here have made a promise over and over again to be the kind of people who support one another. And this is an incredible gift from God. A cousin of mine who's experienced grief in her life likes to say, a sorrow shared is divided by two, and a joy shared is multiplied by two. When we rejoice with the rejoicing and weep with the weeping, we share the load of our burdens and we increase the amount of joy in the world. I would go so far as to say that it's impossible to be a Christian by yourself. Now, Christianity in our age has at times been reduced to a very private relationship between me and Jesus. But that's not what we encounter in the Bible. According to the Bible, our relationship with Jesus is personal, but it is never private because Christianity is a team sport, not an individual competition. For instance, in 1 Corinthians, Paul says that we are all part of the body of Christ. In other words, no one no one of us is the body by ourselves. Only together do we form the body of Christ. Likewise, in the basic operating instructions from Roman 12 uh, which is addressed to a community of believers, these are plural verbs, not individual ones. And in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus promises to be present wherever two or three are gathered in His name. Maybe we could say at least two or three gathered as in you need more than one to experience that presence christianity is a team sport because jesus promises to be present to us in and through other people here's something for you to practice the next time you are listening deeply to someone give them your full attention listen to them as if christ himself is speaking Imagine that their face is the face of Christ, because in a way they are revealing the face of Christ to you, the body of Christ in the world. And like Christianity itself, joy is a team sport. Joy is meant to be shared. The source of this joy is our God, and the presence of God is found in the community of believers. In this way, rejoicing and weeping are not all that different, because love is the basis for both. If you love someone, you'll be happy with them when they are happy. If you love someone, you'll cry with them when they are in pain. Just as I have loved you, you ought to love one another, Jesus says to his disciples and to us. And that love is the gateway to joy. Our hymn of the day is, Will You Let Me Be Your Servant? And the fourth verse is particularly relevant for our theme. That verse says, I will weep when you are weeping. When you laugh, I'll laugh with you. I will share your joy and sorrow till we've seen this journey through. And as we hear this song, I invite you with me to resolve to be a community that laughs together, cries together, in the name of Jesus, the one who loves us. If today you feel the burdens of life, let us share it with you. If today you have a joy bursting inside you, let us share it with you. Because God has given us to each other as a gift. And may we see the smile of Christ in the smiles of each other. Amen.